This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good morning, Canada. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Week, Scully, we're all in the house today. I guess our own house as we continue broadcasting remotely to you, GTC, every Saturday. And uh, I got to tell you, what a show today. It might as well be a Saturday on a Masters Week or a U.S. Open. Bob, we are jam-packed. Um, we have very little time to throw anything around today with the amount of news, content, things to discuss today in the world of golf. You said it last week. You've never been busier. It's starting to feel that way for everybody. It's amazing how much is going on in the golf world any golf, isn't it? It's just kind of like here we have no PGA Tour, no LPGA Tour, no Euro Tour, and, uh, and we barely have time to get in all the news and headlines and, and all the interviews that we've got coming up uh, in this show. It's amazing. Well, speaking of interviews, we have... Coming up in the show uh, this week, Kevin Sylvester, T to Green Radio, with us in, uh, just at the bottom of this hour. Uh, he was uh, with us to discuss, discuss the match, which happened on Sunday, of course. Tiger Woods and uh, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Lori Kane spoke with Bob uh, immediately following her uh, announcement, the announcement that she would be one of the latest inductees into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. So, Lori, congratulations to Lori. We'll hear from Lori Kane. We've got a great uh, new uh, product called the Golf Scooter. Our friend Todd Kirsted uh, from uh, Bring Back the Game and Golf with Attitude, uh, he's uh, attached to that product. We'll hear from uh, Todd Kirsted and the Golf Scooter. Scott Pritchard, who is the executive director of Golf uh, PGA Tour Canada, excuse me, McKenzie Tour, unfortunately spoke with Bob yesterday. Uh, and I say unfortunately because the news broke that uh, PGA Tour Canada was going to pull the plug for the year. McKenzie Tour due to border issues. We'll get to that a little bit more. We've got contest news. We've got Golf Talk Canada news. Oh, we've got so much to get to, but let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow stars today. All right, Bob, some news and headlines. And let's start right there where we left off. It uh, Canadian Tour, PGA Tour Canada, they're going to pull the plug for the year. Um, upsetting news. I, I don't want to say surprising news. Uh, it seemed to me like the longer the delay went, the longer we stretched it out. Uh, it felt like this might be coming, and the plug was officially pulled at 3 p.m. ET on Friday. Yeah, it's uh, it's never good to to have to cancel the season, but really this decision was was taken out of their hands. It's it's essentially a, a border situation. It's essentially a quarantine situation, and you know those those things really are. Uh, uh, are, are just was driving the decision, and, and basically, you know, when you when you, you have to come over from the United States, let's say you're a young player, you don't have a ton of money, you got to come over, you got to stay in inside for 14 days, then try to get your game going, and then play across the country. 
you know, financially, I just don't think it became viable for the players. I think the same thing for the tournaments. If you can't have any gatherings, can't have any fans out, can't entertain their corporate clients, anything in that respect, uh, the decision was basically made for them. And it's tough because they had a lot of momentum going into this year, 13 events, the most they've ever had. And it was uh, it was looking like it was going to be a really good year from BC to Prince Edward Island. And um, to pull the plug, I know, is difficult. And, and we'll hear more about that from Scott Pritchard in the interview later. But uh, disappointing for sure. Yeah, you're right. When you talk about momentum, they had it certainly. Some new events, like you, coast to coast, like you mentioned, the Ontario Open, which was the flagship event of Golf Ontario, moving to PGA Tour Canada. Uh, it seemed like everything was kind of knitting together nicely, and then the unimaginable happened to the world. And uh, the, I guess I don't want to call it a victim, but yeah, the latest victim to COVID nineteen, PGA Tour Canada. Now. In that wheelhouse, you mentioned not being able to have spectators, not being able to have corporate outings, etc., corporate hospitality. The PGA Tour schedule is out there. It's been announced. I've got my PGA Tour radio schedule. It landed uh, this week. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm working. And all of a sudden, John Deere, the John Deere Classic, the plug is pulled. And what is surprising to me on John Deere pulling the plug on this, Bob, is it, it's got to do... From what I've read, it has more to do with the fact that they don't either don't think it's viable or don't want to do it because they don't want to do it without spectators, even though the state has potentially lifted that ban for that time frame. Like, we're, it's still confusing to me whether they know or not by the time we get to the John Deere what that limit of people are going to be. Right now, they couldn't have it with spectators, so they decided to walk away. But to me, is that not a little too early? We're almost, ooh, six weeks to the deer? It is, but I think there's a lot of stuff going on with this particular tournament. Um, I think one of the respects is that the John Deere company had to lay off a whole bunch of people, so the optics weren't great for them hosting you know, corporate events. And I think they also did... Uh, I read where they did a survey of, they asked a lot of their clients and said, would you come to the John Deere Classic to entertain your clients? And I think there was about a 90% response rate that said, no, we just simply can't do it because of the optics. So I think reading between the lines, there's a lot going on here. Part of it is definitely the, the numbers of gathering, numbers that you're allowed to have for gatherings with fans. Uh, but I think there's also a whole optical thing from the corporate side. And they took the smart move and, and just decided, look, rather than wait till the last minute, let's just pull the plug now. We'll re reconvene next year. And, uh, and the PGA Tour, I think, is going to try and find a replacement spot for it. That, now, that's what I find so interesting. Where do you think this replacement event is going to land, Bob? Because right now we are hearing rumors flying all over the place. I, I've heard is even a, re, a potential reboot of the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass that week. The most likely scenario is something right in Ohio. It might even be right in Columbus, Ohio, the, so they can play back-to-back -back events because of obviously the memorial would be the following week. What about going back to Akron? What about going back to Firestone so the players don't have to travel? They can potentially even stay in the same hotel. Yeah, I'm hearing from a couple of different sources that the event is likely going to be in Columbus, but it'll be in, like as you suggest, Mark, it's going to be in that area so uh, the players don't have to go too far, maybe in the same hotel as Memorial. Uh, it, could, it could also um, be the week, you know, could be the what's going on for the week before and you stay close to the tournament. So the idea is to have two tournaments in back-to-back -to -back locations 
with limiting the travel, limiting the distance that people need to go, and they don't need to get onto a plane. Um, that's that's brilliant. If you can stay in the same hotel, that's even better. But it's going to be likely in one of those two spots. Now, speaking of uh, fans moving around, pe- moving people around, uh, the Charles Schwab is the opening event of the PGA Tour season on June 11th. The governor of uh, Texas has said uh, they can have fans if they want them uh, at that opening event. Charles Schwab uh, Challenge has decided to stick with no fans, and the PGA Tour has decided to stick with no fans regardless for their first four events, which was the initial announcement when the schedule was released. They're sticking to that plan uh, regardless of the moving parts in the states that they plan on playing in. Yeah, and I spoke this week to Mike Toth, who's the tournament director at Colonial, who's from Georgetown, Ontario. And we'll hopefully have him on on our uh, uh, video podcast later this week. But he essentially said that they're, they've sort of got their plans already in place. And at this point, to try and change it and let fans come in uh, to that tournament, it, it would be a really difficult move at this point just because they have rewritten the playbook so many times between <laughs> when the, the, the play stopped at the Players' Championship to now, that they're in a place where, where they're comfortable with what they're going to do, uh, the sponsors are comfortable with what they're going to do, and they just want to have a golf tournament and be able to pull it off as successfully as they can. And let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that the first one back, there's going to be a ton of eyes on this to make sure that things go smoothly so i think at this point uh they're going to operate without fans and and i would be surprised if any of those first four events uh did otherwise as well and we should mention that you and i have been talking about the quality of the field that we're potentially going to see at colonial (laughs) when the reboot starts already top five in the world are committed one two three four and five already committed to being there so it's going to be a star-studded event Okay, last week, the match. We're going to talk to Kevin Sylvester from Tita Green Radio coming up momentarily in the show. And we spoke to Kevin. We kind of broke down what our thoughts were of the match. But since then, uh, Phil Mickelson suggested that uh, he'd be open to a match three. They were tossing around different names like Barkley and Jordan, etc. But the one thing he mentioned in post of the match was something you really loved last week. Bob was... The, having the players mic'd, and you and I talked about on our video podcast this week, you know, how cool it would be to have players mic'd more often. Well, Mickelson suggests he'd be open to it. He'd be open to it in a in a competitive PGA Tour event. He, he also suggested, not too sure what you're going to get, like you're not going to get some of the gold, because, you know, they're a lot more serious in between the ropes and a, a week-to-week PGA Tour event, but he did say, hey, I'll throw one on. Yeah, and uh, I, I also noticed that Keith Pelly uh, did the same thing in the European Tour, said now with technology, you know, the battery packs can be, uh, the audio packs can be pretty small. So he suggested the same thing. They've already taken the step where they interview players mid-round, as you and I both know. Um, but uh, but I think I think this is something that's coming. I mean, it's it's worked in a lot of sports. The one that I cover a lot of, of course, is curling, where it's been, uh, it's been exceptional. You can get a little insight into what's going on. So I think you pick your spots. You don't want to take away from the announcers. But I think that um, I think that it's a cool insight, and to be able to hear Phil talk about how he was going to play that pitch shot last week was was just so insightful and so brilliant. So hopefully we can we can advance this when uh, the tour starts to get going up to full speed again. And now in Tony Jacklin, this one has been popping out at me, Bob. I've been waiting on this one, and we're going to send out a Twitter poll <laughs> uh, in in our first break this morning on this because I got the wheels going. 
Tony Jacklin, in a Golf Week interview this week, suggested that Sergio Garcia is the biggest underachiever of all time. In a way, kind of a real backhanded compliment there. I guess what Tony's saying is with the amount of natural ability, skill, uh, etc., that he, when you look back on Sergio's uh, career, if he ends with the one major and and the current list of wins, and le- and now listen, he has won all around the world, and he's got you know a large bucket of wins on the PGA Tour as well. But that one major, uh, also don't forget, let's not forget the Ryder Cup record. But but that one lone green jacket is a bit of a, I guess, a sticking point on his career. Uh, what did you think of those comments, Bob? If you had to pull one name out of the hat, and it, I know it's a. It's a tough one to pull because, you know, it's a big argument out there. We threw around names off mic. Ricky Fowler, John Daly. One could make a Greg Norman argument. Monty. Uh, Adam Skelly brought up Monty's name. Seven orders of merit in Europe for Monty. Never won on American soil once pre-Champions Tour. Um, man, you could, there, there are a lot of names in the bucket. Jacqueline goes with Sergio. I guess it's really how you define underachieved. I mean, I'd love to be an underachiever like Sergio and, and have his bank account. It's, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good career. But you're right. If we measure it on major championships and perhaps what they should have done and what they could have done, then then there's a list there that compiles a number of guys like we you you just read off. Um, but it is it is sort of a stark comment from Tony Jacklin who is uh, a guy who has also only won, you know, has, has yeah. perhaps underachieved in his own right. So um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to, to, to determine what you, what you think of as an underachiever. Um, you know, a, a guy like Greg Norman, yeah, he only won two majors. I guess it's what, the, what we think they should have won compared to what they did win. Um, but they've all had successful careers. But you're right. I, I, I found it to be a, a pretty stark comment from Jacqueline coming out. Yeah, and the timing is as well very weird. But you know, you sit down with someone, you start to get it into the nuts and bolts, and things come out. And I guess that's just how. And again, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of complimentary in a way. What Tony Jacklin I think is saying, and you know, when you bring up a, a name like Greg Norman or something like that, what you're saying is, you know, this should have been a dominant player, and it just doesn't happen. But that's going to be our Twitter question this morning. We want you to jump in. We'll post it during the break. Speaking of the break, Bob, on the other side, your good friend, Lori Kane, going into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, really one of the good people in the game of golf, good people anywhere. Uh, really, I, in my opinion, kind of maybe overdue. I, I was surprised that, that she's not there already. Congratulations to Lori. What were your thoughts when you got the announcement where you're going to hear your interview on the other side? I was kind of surprised she wasn't in there already, to be honest. But I guess uh, I guess golfers are catching up because Mike Weir went in a couple of years ago. And there are a number of golfers in there. I looked through that, you know, Sandra Post is in there and Jocelyn Barassa is in there and Marlene Street's in there. But uh, but Lori is, uh, has achieved so much on many different levels, uh, not just winning on the golf golf tour, but but helping out in charitable uh, causes and, and being a mentor to the next generation. Um, but uh, a, a very fitting and a very, uh, very well-deserved honor. All right, on the other side, we're going to hear from Miss Lori Kane. After the announcement of her induction, she had an opportunity to jump in and speak with Bob about her career, and on her way to the Canadian Hall of Fame, we'll hear from uh, Lori Kane next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Crazy, busy show. We have a ton to get to still this morning. We also have some major announcements about Golf Talk Canada. We also have another contest that we're doing this week. We are celebrating the return to golf to Canada with our friends at Adidas Golf Code Chaos Nation Packs available this summer. June 1st, you can get the Canada-specific Limited edition Code Chaos shoe. Things gorgeous. We tweeted out the picture yesterday on social media at Golf Talk Canada. Just a limited edition Code Chaos, like just a beautiful golf shoe with the Canadian flag on the heel. Limited edition. This is the footwear that the Olympic athletes, the golf athletes were going to wear for Team Canada. They're going to have to wait a year to do it in Tokyo, but you don't have to wear to celebrate, uh, you don't have to wait now to celebrate the return of golf. They're going to be available limited edition June 1st, but we're giving away two pairs this week as we celebrate off the hosel coming to Canada. So we're going to let you know later on in the show how you can win these Adidas golf shoes celebrating golf returning to Canada and off the hosel coming to Canada. All right, speaking of Canada, we got a Canadian Hall of Famer now coming up, a friend of Bob's, friend of mine, one of the real uh, good people in the game of golf and uh, long overdue, Lori Kane heading to the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Bob having had an opportunity to sit down and chat with Lori immediately following her induction. Here she is, the newest inductee into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, congratulations, Lori Kane. What another honor for you. I know you've got so many honors, Canadian Golf Hall of Fame, Order of Canada. What does this one mean to you? Well, uh, I don't, Bob, I, I mean, I found out in March, um, really at the start of this whole crazy pandemic thing, and I had to keep it to myself. Um, I wasn't able to share it with Mary Lynn um, and obviously Jordan Snowy and Chris Armstrong, my management team, but I really would have loved to have told my parents because they needed a like something to look forward to. Um, I'm humbled and totally overwhelmed. It's it's a uh, it's a great honor for your career that has had so many uh, highlights and, and and different moments in it. But when you look back over your career, if you were to sum up everything sort of in its entirety, how how would you do that? Not necessarily one win here or there, or whatever, but but your entire career. What would you make out of it? Um, I would, th well, that's a good question. You always give me the hard one. Uh, I think I've, I've achieved most of what I wanted. Um, I'll be honest with you, I really would have loved to have had that Canadian Open, and I let that slip through my fingers, strangely enough, the week after I won my first tournament in St. Louis. And we go to Montreal, and I'd never, in all the Opens I'd played, um, which at the time, as we know, was the last Des Moines Classic. It was an unbelievable week, and 
I ran out of gas um, on the 14th on Sunday. Um, to sum up my whole career, I really hope that I've made it better than I found it. You have always said that uh, as golfers, you're entertainers and you're out there on a stage and it's not just about hitting shots. It's about interacting with the fans. It's about giving back when you're able to do what you have done so much from so many different aspects of charity, whether it's CP has heart or uh, kids sport or all those different charities you've been involved in over the years. How important is that part of your career to you as opposed to just the actual hitting of shots? Um, probably the most significant because I will tell you that I wouldn't be where I am today without sport in my life. Um, school and academics was a, a big challenge for me and to be able to get into any sport, um, really gave me the confidence and helped build me to who I am today, I believe. So um, the giving back part uh, is, is super easy for me. Sometimes a lot easier than hitting shots, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you just have to be yourself, and that's all I've ever wanted to be. Um, and I, I hope I'm encouraging other young girls and boys to, to get involved in sport. Um, to be a member and to receive the order of sport, um, I think now gives me even a bigger platform to be able to show us as Canadians how important sport is in our communities and that through sport, we can build great people. Uh, I will never be the one to say that uh, what's, when is your career going to end? Because I know you're still competitive. I know you still want to play golf on, on different levels and, and different aspects. But as you move into another phase of your of your life where you are being a mentor to a lot of the younger players on the LPGA Tour, both Canadians and otherwise, how does that make you feel? Well, super good. Um, I Again, I'm trying to do what was done for me. Uh, started with Jocelyn Barasa. You know, Sandra Post has probably been that little extra boost over the last number of years. She always gets in touch. Um, when we lost Don, um, that was a big deal. And so the rest of the Canadians are really trying to keep keep her dreams going. I mean, her legacy, um, if I can do that through me, uh, then I'm all, all about it. All right, you're at home in Prince Edward Island, which uh, I think is an also another very important, and I'm very envious of that, by the way, but but it, it's another important part of who Laurie Kane is because you come from a small province and, and you've shined a light on given people there who are so, so proud of you. Canadians are proud of you from coast to coast, but I imagine people in Prince Edward Island are just a little bit more proud. How proud are you to be an Islander? Super. I mean, I don't, I think... Small is mighty, and um, we're a lot bigger uh, than than my, some might think. Um, the support I've gotten, as you know, has been never-ending here. Um, and over the last day or so, with the announcement, um, has been super. I mean, I can't I can't thank the people enough of Prince Edward Island. Um, they boost me up. They keep me grounded. Keep me very honest. And, and that's just the way I love it. All right. Laurie Kane, member of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Thanks, Bob. Now, Bob, I got to ask, were you guys having a dance party in the background there in that interview? <laughs> yes. We had the dance music going on. We just couldn't stop. I will tell you something. When we were taping that interview just before we started, uh, that, was a, that was a video uh, over Skype. 
and she took her uh, phone or her camera, I guess, and pointed it out the window of her home, and just absolutely, <laughs> it was so mean because all you could see was the ocean, the red cliffs, and uh, it was an absolutely gorgeous day. Now she is self quarantining. She just got back from Florida last Tuesday, uh, drove home, and uh, but boy, I will tell you, if you're going to get stuck inside. She has a pretty good view to look out the window at. I, I was, I was so envious. I would have just loved to have gone down to the water. But that's Prince Edward Island. And hopefully, we'll all be there very soon. That that is awesome. And my, it's a tough one, but it's certainly near or at the top of one of my favorite places in, in our country. Just a, an awesome spot. An awesome lady. Congratulations to Lori Kane. On the other side, we'll stick with awesome. My friend Kevin Sylvester from PGA Tour Radio and T to Green TV and Radio. He joined Bob and I this week on our video podcast to talk about his thoughts on the match. We'll uh, connect with Kevin next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Well, every Wednesday on tsn.ca, we drop the Golf Talk Canada video podcast. This past week, we welcomed in a good friend of mine, one of my colleagues from the PGA Tour Radio play-by-play team, former voice of the Sabres, and a, the host and executive producer of Tita Green Golf Radio and TV in Buffalo, New York, my good friend Kevin Sylvester. We talked about the match. We talked about a bunch of things, what golf broadcasters can expect on location when golf returns. Let's hear our piece with Kevin Sylvester. Welcoming in a good friend of mine. He's the host of Tita Green TV and radio as well as my colleague, on the live PGA Tour radio play-by-play team, also former voice of, voice of the Sabres, worked with the Buffalo Bills. Man, the resume just keeps getting bigger and deeper. I know I left things off, Kev, but uh, what I, I did leave off is that, man, I miss you and the team. I haven't seen you guys in a while. How are you doing? Doing well. Miss you too, brother. And uh, you forgot uh, Golf Talk Canada fashion models. I'll raise up there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This shirt didn't fit me, Mark, when you first gave it to me. But because I've been in quarantine, uh, I've, I've shed a few LBs. So there, there you go. There you go. You're looking good. It's, uh, it's, it looks like it fits now. Let's jump into this, Kev, uh, before we get to... Uh, similarity similarities in our own golfing experience with COVID golf coming back and things of that. I also want you to, uh, to talk a little bit about maybe what you expect when we get back on the road for the PGA Tour radio team, because, you know, last weekend we saw Tiger Phil and the weekend before we saw the TaylorMade driving relief and the footprint of TV has gotten smaller. How will that affect our radio? But let's just start there. We saw golf back to back. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of not what they raise for charity and all the good things behind it, just from an entertainment value, 
What was the difference for you? Where would you put week one versus week two? So for uh, to me, uh, week one, I was more excited to see Seminole, to be honest. Uh, I hadn't been there. I wanted to see the golf course. I still don't think TV did Seminole uh, justice uh, from some elements, uh, you know, that I saw on the golf course. But what I did like is I liked that that group carried their bag. Um, I like that it, it looked like a foursome going out on a Sunday playing golf, and they haven't been doing that for charity. And, yes, the production was scaled back. Um, and, I, and I think it was an accomplishment to pull it off the way they did to be the first ones doing it. As far as the Phil Tiger match, I mean, it was it was elevated even more because you had two of the, the great icons in golf, two of the greatest ever, anchoring that along with two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And the fact that they played in conditions that most people would have said, forget it, I'm not playing golf today, that they continued on. I, I thought that was fantastic. And the commentary, uh, in particular, when, when Phil Mickelson was explaining how he wanted to hit a chip, I, I thought that was great. The, the jabbing back and forth, uh, it was it was intriguing for sure. I, it, it got off maybe to a slow start there, watching Brady and, and Manning uh, knock it all over the ballpark. But uh, when they dug in, I thought it was pretty cool. Kevin, don't you think the the entertainment factor, like I, th- I was less interested in actually who won the match, and I was more interested in the entertainment part. And that, to me, was the big difference between the two. The other, they both had good golf and some good golf shots and some bad shots too, I guess. But to me, it was all about really being entertained for four hours. And I know people, and I sat and watched it with people who aren't golfers, and they loved it too. Was that the difference, the biggest difference? Yes, I, I think so. Um, I, yeah, I thought the the match too was more about the entertainment factor. And we have Charles Barkley on as a commentator uh, about golf. Uh, <laughs> thought that was really nice. Justin Thomas did a a fabulous job there. And I, I think most players, uh, most of those that played in it, uh, felt their job was entertaining, except for Tom Brady, who you could tell he was not confident in his game until he holed out. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> floodgates opened up with some commentary from TV 12. Well, it was interesting because, Bob, last week you mentioned how you would love to have seen them kind of jump in with the players in the moment now more and talk about their shot and break things down a little bit. And I think we got that this time when, especially when Phil and Brady were kind of talking about, hey, this, you got to think about pace here. You got to like this here. We, we kind of got in a little bit. And I'm wondering, Kev, and I know this is a big ask because a big ask from our standpoint and CBS, NBC, et cetera. But, you know, we see our Sky Sports uh, counterparts on Sunday mornings jump in in the middle of a round and stick a mic in a guy's face on the European tour where they're playing for a million pounds or 800,000 pounds. We don't do that on PGA Tour Radio. They don't do that in a North American broadcast. But, boy, did that add a lot on Sunday to get inside the huddle, so to speak, when it comes to golf. I'm wondering if if the time has not come for us to say it's time to stretch uh, the boundaries a little here from a North American standpoint and week in and week out get some of that in our broadcast. Yeah, you know, I, I I try to look at it as a broadcaster on the course, Mark, and I know you probably look at it uh, this way too. Like, all right, what at what point would I want to jump in uh, with a player to ask him something during the round? And I'll go back to last year's Canadian Open, Roy McIlroy. Final round. In the zone, he's got a chance to, to break 60. Am I going to interrupt that? Uh, asking about a chip-in? No, not going to do it. I'm not going anywhere near him. And, and as you, as both of you guys know, there are certain players that would be open to it and talking during the round and other players that just don't want to be bothered 
whatsoever. So I think if that's implemented more, uh, I think it has to be prearranged prior to the round uh, with players that would say, hey, I'm willing to do so uh, and not. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example of hockey, Mark. We should do this with the Sabres. Guys who want to be mic'd up, guys who didn't, guys we could talk to, um, you know, between periods, guys we couldn't. It just all depends on the personality. Yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because we have on TSN on the CFL, they will mic up two players, one on offense and one on defense. Now, what they do with that is they take it after the fact. So it doesn't happen live, but they'll take it and edit a, a show out of it, actually, or highlights out of it. And I wonder, not to take the microphone out of your guys' hands, but I wonder if it might be easier if you just strapped a couple of mics on some willing guys, maybe their caddies, and had that around. Because that's kind of the sense that I got out there with having the guys with their packs on. You know, they weren't always aware that they were on, on the mic, I guess, as it were. And to me, with that, that would be kind of inside baseball, I guess. You'd find out maybe it was after the fact, but maybe there's a key moment for a player, and you would learn a little bit more about him. Do you think that would ever happen? Well, I think they'd have to uh, make some advancements in technology, actually, to, to make the, the RF pack smaller. Yeah, uh, Senate, because Let's look at Tom Brady's hole out. What happened? Yeah. The mic went flying off. The equipment, like Tiger, uh, got rid of his a little bit there. So, you know, because it was an exhibition match, I think they're more willing. But when they're competing for legacy uh, and their livelihood, uh, and let's face it, FedEx Cup points, a lot of dollars on the line, um, I, I don't think guys want more things impeding their golf swing or something else to worry about. Uh, maybe shotgun, Mike. You know, I, I thought what was what was cool was the cameras they had in the golf cart and, and trying to talk to them as they went along. I thought that was that was really neat. Kev, let's switch gears a little bit. Before we do, though, I want to put a little bug in the ear because a question we're going to end on, I want to give you some time to think about it. I'm going to ask Bob and Adam this in our next segment as well to give them some time to think about it as well. If you could change up the foursome we saw with two celebrities or two athletes with two other golfers, who would that other foursome be? If you could switch the golfers and the celebrities, who would entertain you? Think about it. Don't have to give me your answer now. We can close on that. We're, we just got our PG Tour radio schedule, you and I. We're going to be hitting the road. We were set up for uh, anticipating maybe a very different footprint uh, as to how we uh, broadcast PJ Tour radio. At the end of the day, it doesn't look that different. It's a little smaller, maybe a body uh, smaller at times, one person working a little bit more remotely at times, a much different thing than we were anticipating. What do you think it's going to be like, however, though, when we get to the golf course, when NBC gets to the golf course, when people actually get to work, we still haven't really been told what to expect in terms of where we're allowed to go, hotel, what we're allowed to do. We were originally believing that we might be tested two or three times. What are you anticipating when we get out on the road? And what's your first event? I start in Detroit. Uh, when do you get started? I start in Hartford uh, at the end of June. So that's coming up uh, pretty soon. I, I do anticipate that we'll be our rental cars will be pickup trucks and someone sits in the back. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I think, um, I, well, you know, along with that, Mark, you know, we usually have uh, some uh, cart support volunteers uh, to help us out. I, I don't think we're going to need that uh, early on, especially without uh, gallery. So it's going to be different. I think we're going to have to operate from a further distance because of, um, the lack of fans in those first four events and, and Hartford will be, I think, uh, you know, the Travelers Championship will be the final one, um, or maybe it's the third, third one without fans. So um, I think it'll affect how far away you and I are on the golf course. 
I also don't anticipate one-on-one interviews unless we use a shotgun microphone uh, with players afterwards. So I think there'll be some physical distance differences for us, but as far as uh, the golf's concerned, I I think that part will be the same. And I I think it's going to be a learn as we go too for everybody out there. You might probably see, uh, Bob, I imagine less cameras uh, out there on the golf course, less man cameras on the golf course. You might see some more robotic cameras. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of that robotic camera behind every every green. Uh, you know, they've already talked about scrums afterwards won't exist. There'll just be one pool reporter who will feed everybody the lines and it's from a distance, obviously, f- feed them the quotes afterwards. So it's going to be very interesting. From a golf standpoint, what are you expecting the quality of golf to be like in that first tournament back? Do you think there's going to be a wide range of guys who've been working on their games and not working? Yeah, I think... Um... I, I think if you want to make a bet, bet the field <laughs> against the favorite <laughs> right. in that first one. You know, the competitive juices, right? I mean, you get in that run. I mean, let's look at what Rory McIlroy, number one in the world, uh, the run he was on uh, and playing, and he said he misses the competition that fuels him. I, I imagine it might take a few events uh, to get things going. I, I talked to Ryan Armour uh, early on, and this maybe six weeks ago, uh, did an interview with him, and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm not even in – uh, tour preparation right now. It, you know, three weeks out, I'll start ramping up and really get things going to, to practice for it. So, yeah, I, I think you'll see some rust with that. You know, the interesting thing is I, I know tournaments plan on having volunteers. I was actually looking forward to seeing the pros play without spotters um, to find their goal. Like, we have to play uh, <laughs> right. without spotters. <laughs> That's a great segue, Kev, uh, because before we let you go, I wanted to get your take. Uh, first, I need your answer as well before we let you go sure. on the other foursome. I got an answer for you. Okay, well, Mike Jordan and Tony Romo. Oh, I like that. Would we keep Phil and Tiger? Absolutely. You got to keep Phil and Tiger. They are, uh, I mean, they're the marquee names. And, you know, Tiger because he's Tiger and Phil because of his personality, uh, how he's opened up here in recent years. I think those two remain, and I think you change out those partners uh, with Michael Jordan and Tony Romo. All right, before we let you go, Kev, uh, your own uh, COVID golf experience in Buffalo, New York, in the, in the New York area, uh, you got out uh, earlier than Bob and I as you opened for golf uh, previous uh, or prior to uh, Southern Ontario opening up for golf. And most of uh, Canada, there was parts of Canada golfing already, but uh, you were out there pretty early. I've been out a bunch of times, and it's funny. Once I get through the parking lot and check-in experience, even with the different ways cups are being you know, laid out and no rakes, etc., once I'm out there, it just feels like golf like everything else, and it's n- a nice break. How do you feel right now, and what's it been like for you? Well, I'll first say this. I've never um... – Played as much golf with getting less grief from my wife. Where are you going? <laughs> Get out of the house. Um, it's, you know, we had golf, then we had it taken away, then we got it back um, in New York State. So, and, and people were really up in arms because it was one of the only things we could do. But really, golf in April in Western New York is bonus golf uh, because of our weather, because it's usually so wet and sometimes uh, very cold. So I looked at it like anytime I got to play in April, uh, it was great. People adapted here very quickly uh, to walking only, to the uh, uh, foam donuts, if you will, in the bottom of the cups with the balling all the way down. Some had the raised cups. And that was I played one course that had the raised cups. I made like six birdies. I'm like, this is stupid. This is not <laughs> that. Let's have it where it doesn't go all the way down, hitting the outside of the cup. Uh, that wasn't real golf 
to me, but uh, most courses now, uh, you know, have those things in the bottom of the hole so the ball doesn't go all the way down. Flag stick stays in. People stay distant. Single rider carts. I think people have adjusted really well and are appreciating the ability to get outdoors, be active, and be somewhat social six feet apart. Kev, thanks so much for your time. I look forward to seeing you. I believe you and I worked together to kick off the FedEx Cup playoffs at TPC Boston for the Northern Trust, correct? That is correct. Second year in a row, we'll start the playoffs. Yes. That's it. Uh, that's, that's, that's our new thing. We kick off the playoffs, and then we kind of hands in the air. Uh, we're good. Kevin Sylvester, T to Green TV and radio, PGA Tour radio team. Always good to check in with him. Always good to check in with Kevin Sylvester. Uh, looking forward to getting back on the road and calling some golf with Kevin. My first event, Detroit, Rocket Mortgage Classic, July 2nd. We still have a ton to get to. On the other side, we're going to give away Sim Max irons from TaylorMade. That's right, a brand new set of Sim Max irons from TaylorMade. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. We'll give it away next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Welcome back. GTC, what a busy first hour. Second hour is going to be just as busy. Scott Pritchard, Executive Director, PGA Tour Canada. Todd Kirstead, Jason Williamson from Grasshopper Scooter. Scully time with a monster announcement coming in Scully time in the second half. But, uh, Bob, let's give away some Sim Max Irons. From our friends yes. at TaylorMade. Okay, Sim Max Irons, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. The only way you can win 20 weeks of TaylorMade is by following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada. You follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada. You've got a chance at over 20,000 in prizing throughout 20 weeks of TaylorMade on Golf Talk Canada. And congratulations, Mike Frazier, from Calgary, Alberta, down goes Frazier. He wins the <laughs> Sim Irons from TaylorMade. Well done, Mike. Next week, Pop, we're giving away a spider putter, actually. Ooh. It's the new spider. What's the uh, exact uh, model n- number here? There's so much uh, good product. I'm still in the old spider, so I I have yet to try this uh, spider myself. I'll find out the exact uh, name of the new spider. Now, speaking of TaylorMade, by the way, Bob, did you know that the headquarters, the lab opened this week at TaylorMade? Very good. Very good. Yeah, I've been hearing the uh, equipment companies down in Carlsbad are gradually getting back up to speed now that there's a demand for more and more equipment and a lot of the retail stores across the country, not in, Can- in Canada, but in the United States have been uh, reopening. I think some of the ones here have been reopening with curbside service, but uh, yeah, good to hear that. Yeah, it's the Spider X putter to be exact, Bob. Ooh, so the Spider go. X putter uh, next week, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Just follow us on so- social media at Golf Talk Canada. All right, in hour two as well, we got a big announcement coming from Adam Skelly. Okay, we're celebrating the return of golf to Canada, golf being played coast to coast. And we're also celebrating Bob off the hosel coming to Canada. TSN 
1.30 Eastern, TSN 5, this Wednesday is the debut Beautiful. episode. Thank you very much. And our friends at Adidas wanted to celebrate the launch of Off the Hosel in Canada. And we're going to give away a pair of the Code Chaos Limited Edition Canadian Flag Golf Shoes. I don't know if you've seen these. We tweeted it out yesterday. It's just a really cool pair of shoes. Canadian flag on the ankle. Uh, going to give away two pairs. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a trivia question. So Golf Talk Canada and Off the Hosel on Twitter are going to fire out a Twitter question on Thursday morning that relates to the debut episode. So it will be something within the episode. So you got to watch the debut of Off the Hosel at some point on Wednesday, PVR it, whatever. The uh, Twitter question is going to go out on Thursday. And on Saturday, this time next week on Saturday, we're going to let you know who won this uh, pair of Code Chaos. Did you see the shoe, Bob? I did see the shoe. It looks great. Now, I've been I've been wearing the Code Chaos shoe so far, when I've been out on the golf course, the the not not quite as fancy as those ones, but man, these look sweet. Yeah, they're comfy too, right? They've got that. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to screw up the terminology, but it's like a like a socket almost in in a sense, and it's just like you can. They're so comfortable, you don't want to take them off. It's like wearing slippers to the golf course. There it is. <laughs> don't fall asleep over that four footer. That's the only. <laughs> that is the only key. All right, lots to get to in hour two, including a huge announcement, and we'll follow up, kick off the second hour of Golf Talk Canada with uh, Bob's discussion with Scott Pritchard, Executive Director, PGA Tour Mackenzie Tour. Immediately following the announcement, three p.m. ET yesterday, that uh, PGA Tour Canada was going to pull the plug on twenty twenty. We'll kick off hour two with that coming up next thank you so much for listening remember first good decision on the golf course it starts in the closet thank you for listening this is golf talk canada celebrating 10 years as canada's only national golf talk radio and tv program presented by smartgolfdeals.com this segment of gtc is brought to you by woodington lake golf club proud home of the mckenzie tour pga tour canada's ontario open for membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. Speaking of Woodington Lake, unfortunate that they will lose the Ontario Open this year as the rest of the country will lose PGA Tour Canada as well. Still a very successful start to the season so far at Woodington. I was speaking to our friends up there. They have been jam-packed uh, with uh, tee times and both co- courses being used. I think that's kind of almost a theme, Bob, everywhere in the country. There's a real enthusiasm to get back on the golf course. And it's weird. People are going out and maybe playing golf earlier or maybe trying golf where they were going, hey, I'm, I'm going to get out this year. I haven't played in a few years, etc. because it's one of the few things you can do. Uh, that's a whole other topic that you and I could jump into. But uh, from a PGA Tour Canada perspective, um, I hate to say it, but as things were kind of going and stretching out, I wasn't surprised when we got the announcement. What was your initial uh, feeling when you heard uh, the news at 3 p.m. ET on Friday? I was hopeful they might be able to save part of the season later on and have a few events. But I think, you know, when you're talking about the guys who are playing on this tour, they're pretty pretty young, um, not so well off financially. So it's a it's a big commitment for them, and I th- think you know you could just see the the clouds kind of forming overhead, and it, it made it very difficult. So I don't think it was a shock, but it's still a disappointment. 
Yes, that's a perfect way of putting it. Uh, disappointing, but not shocking. And Bob had the opportunity following the announcement that they would pull the plug on the season to speak with the executive director of PGA Tour Canada, Mackenzie Tour, Scott Pritchard. Here's the executive director of Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada, Scott Pritchard. And Scott, I've got to think this is a pretty sad day for you, uh, but probably a day that you expected might be coming. Yeah, I mean, with the, I mean, I think it's been, uh, it's out there with respect to the border and the 14-day quarantine and gathering safety. So there, there was a lot of barriers, let's say, that precluded us from, and ultimately, you know, made a decision for us in the sense that we just realized that we couldn't pull together a season. And I remember when I talked to you last, I was very optimistic. Um, but the more information that we've gathered and people that we've spoken with, including government health authorities uh, and various other people, it, it, you know, ultimately the conclusion was that we need to cancel the season. It uh, it must come as a as a real blow because you had a great schedule, 13 events, the most in PGA Tour Canada's history. And then this comes along. We know it's sort of out of your hands and stuff, but the momentum that you have built now, um, how do you carry that on? Well, yeah, we were really excited for this season. Uh, we had a number of new events, new golf courses, uh, obviously going into the U.S. for the first time uh, in PGA Tour Canada history. Uh, so that was certainly exciting. And I would say the silver lining, Bob, in the COVID-19 uh, scenario is that this, even though we're socially distancing and, and self-isolating, uh, using Skype and Teams and Zoom has really brought us all very close together. And the teamwork and the camaraderie that everyone has built uh, and worked on over the last, uh, call it 80 days, has been tremendous. So I think the silver lining there is it's brought us closer and, uh, and we'll use this time very wisely to build and continue the momentum that we had built for 2021. So if we take a step back, I guess the, if you're asking some of these players who are, as, as we have talked before, are not financially as successful as, let's say, PGA Tour players, to come across the border, spend 14 days inside a residence or somewhere, and then try to put their games together and then create a tour, was that kind of the underlying difficulty in making the season go? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, like you said, these guys, uh, some of them are visiting Canada for the very first time. So to expect them to come and spend 14 days in a hotel and, you know, figure that all out, because when you get to the border, you need to have a quarantine plan. And it was just really unrealistic to uh, expect that those players would have the wherewithal to do that. And so we had pushed the decision as far as we could, but in the best interest of our players and basically allowing them to go and figure out other uh, tours and opportunities to, to play professionally uh, this was we had to make the decision uh, sooner rather than later and, and ultimately today is the day how do you start planning for what's next I mean you you've now made this decision but what how do you plan for something that might happen later this summer on a one-off basis or or next year how do you kind of build around that 
Yeah, so we've got a phased approach for that, Bob. So we, we kind of look at it as three phases. So the first phase is getting through this cancellation, and it, it's taken a lot of work, and the team has been working day and night to get all of our various stakeholders on board with you know what we're saying and why we've reached this conclusion. And I commend the efforts of everyone across Canada that's you know been in the know in terms of uh, the cancellation and, and working closely with us to uh, put it out there in a pretty seamless fashion. So so that's phase one. Phase two is working with our events, to your point, how do we stay relevant in the market in our various markets across Canada throughout this summer and, and leading into 2021? Um, and so we're working with our events. A number of our events are looking at different charitable initiatives. As you know, and many of your viewers will know, the PGA Tour is at the forefront of raising money for charity, and, and our tour is, is no different. And so uh, you'll see in the coming weeks and months some charitable initiatives that are happening. Uh, in the various markets and then phase three is you know when the economy starts to rev back up then that's really when we start planning what's the the new normal I know that's a, a buzzword that's been thrown out there a lot but you know what's the new normal and and how are we going to work uh, within the confines of, of the new normal and Additionally, with the PGA Tour starting next week, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour starting next week, uh, I've said this before, but we'll be able to take a lot of the key learnings uh, from the, the, our, our colleagues uh, on the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour and, and implement them uh, with our tournament directors and, and our tour in general uh, for 2021. At the end of the day, I know that there are so many people involved on so many levels with this tour, but at the end of the day, it has to be so sad for the golfers for the players who want to try and further their career to to take the next step and and mckenzie mm -hmm. tour pj tour canada has always provided such a platform what would you tell them right now yeah it's a really good good question bob i i think that it's definitely a sad day for for many of those players including uh new players that had never come to canada or played on the mckenzie tour and they would have heard from their their friends that are, are playing either on the country or pga tour like you have to go and start your career in canada it's the best way to get to the pga tour or the quickest way to get to the pga tour and we've had great success uh, in that regard 41 players have made it to the pga tour over 200 have made it to the corn ferry tour uh so you know i i think the you want to apologize but at the end of the day it's really not anyone's fault but you do feel that that empathy and that sympathy for for those players but i would i would tell them like i've said to everyone hang in there you know do your part in in these uncertain times and we'll come back stronger in 2021 oh i hope they do come back stronger in 2021 and again it's Different situation that uh, a lot of the tours, Bob, around the world are dealing with that uh, are dealing with borders right now. It, uh, it's more than just a financial issue. It's more than just a sponsorship issue and ticket sales. It's how do people get in? How do we get them out? And what do you expect from players when they arrive? How much of that is doable, controllable? It, it was a tough decision, but I guess it was the only one at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not even just the the U.S. Canada border, right? There's a lot of right. borders up uh, provincially, so it's uh, it's not easy. It's difficult. It's sad. These poor guys. But you know, one one thing that has been sort of a bit of a bright light for some of the younger players is that there's a number of those mini tours that are that are strengthening, I guess, and cert certainly in field quality uh, in the United States and places like Florida and Arizona. So 
there there won't be as many places to play. It won't be as well organized. It won't give you the experience of playing in a well organized, well run tournament a la PGA Tour Canada. Uh, but hopefully, these guys find a little outlet to get some some competition. Yeah, hopefully they get it, and hopefully 2021 for PGA Tour Canada is a big bounce back year, and I hope that is the case for a lot of people out there. You know, positive thoughts produce positive shots, and hopefully 21 uh, looks that way. Now, on the flip side of this coin, Bob, there are some, I don't want to call it strange situations, but in this COVID world, you know, we talked about pin caddy. And we had uh, the, the developers of, of Pin Caddy on, of places and people that have found winners in the COVID world and, and opportunity in the COVID world, where our next guests are those people exactly. The, uh, our next guest got a product called Grasshopper Scooter Bob, a very unique way to get around a golf course from tee to green and do it COVID friendly. We're going to talk to them next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Well, if you've been listening to the radio show or seeing our video podcast over the last few weeks, there have been a few winners, some silver linings, so to speak, in this crazy COVID-19 world that no one could anticipate coming. And certainly the golf community could not anticipate it as well. However, there has been, have been a few products and a few people that have found ways to uh, find small victories, so to speak. And I think our next guest may fall into that column because that was my initial reaction when I saw it. Welcoming to the program uh, now uh, from Grasshopper Scooters, uh, Jason Williamson, who is the owner-operator, and our good friend Todd Kearson from uh, Golf With Attitude and Bring Back the Game Initiative. Uh, guys, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to join us here on Golf Talk Canada. Uh, Jason, let's, let's start with you because – when I first saw the product, uh, the, the Grasshopper Scooter, I thought, what a cool-looking uh, vehicle uh, way of getting around. And the first thing that popped in my mind was, was this something that you designed for something else and had a different uh, business purpose in mind and then realized all of a sudden, wow, there's a golf application here? Well, you know what? I really can't take credit. I mean, this, this is something that has been popular in Europe for 10 years. It's been, you know, these types of scooters have, have many different uh, purposes. Some people use them for grocery getters and some people use them for going to the cottage and, and RVs and stuff like that. Um, the golf issue, the, the golf uh, package has actually been around for about three years in the States. We haven't, we haven't brought it up to Canada. So Canada is kind of, you know, behind in that way, but, um, we haven't uh, invented this. This hasn't been something that we've adapted a golf bag to the back of it and, 
We can't take credit for that. What we do do is take a product and we find its faults and try to always better it and, and make it a little bit better. But it's been tried and tested for the past three years in, in a much hotter climate than, than Canada. And uh, it's been very, very successful and very, very popular. Quite A lot of people just don't want to go back to a golf cart once they try you know, the freedoms of a bike. Uh, Jason, for someone who's never seen the bike, and, and if they're going to watch this on our video podcast, or if they're listening to it on Golf Talk Canada Radio, I'm sure they'll, they'll head to the website. But for someone who hasn't seen it, uh, describe the product. Uh, give us the, the Coles notes of what an actual scooter looks like. Well, it's got fat tires. Um, tires are extremely wide. They're, they're not going to damage any golf course. Uh, low center of gravity, so it's got a, a flat deck on the bottom and lots of room to put your feet. Uh, very, very easy to ride. It's, a, it's more of an easy rider scooter. Um, the seat is very, very comfortable. It's about six foot two, two inches in length without the golf uh, adapter on the back. Um, batteries come in all different shapes and sizes depending on your usage. And um, yeah, they're very, very light, 125 pounds. So you can take them anywhere. Todd, uh, from a golf standpoint, I saw you bolting around on one. Uh, you sent me a video of you using one. What was your initial reaction when you got on it for the first time? And, 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 and from a golf standpoint, playing around a golf or playing a few holes, what did you notice? What did you like? What, what were your initial thoughts? The first thing that I noticed is, is it was cool. It was, uh, you know, you're driving around. It looks like you're on a motorcycle and uh, the bag's on the back. People are looking at you. I mean, you're, you're a focal point on the golf course. They're coming up. They're asking you questions. How do I get one? Where do I get one? But the thing about it is, you know, with, with what we've been going through and, and the single rider um, in, a, in a traditional golf cart, we're now taking this and, and moving it to another level and making the game fun and cool. So, and that's where I was going to go uh, actually with my next question was because of where we are in the world right now and the single rider. And for that matter, a lot of golf courses have actually even just stopped with carts entirely and suggested that, you know, if you're not walking, you're not playing. Um, has there been a spike in interest? Has there been a spike in traffic? Have you been getting calls or requests from maybe places that you never thought you'd get them before? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the popularity of these things have, have been a hit before this whole COVID thing. And um, Quinty Golf has been quite successful with it because they only had so many golf carts. And like you said, you're either walking or you're on a cart by yourself. You, you can't put two people on a cart. Uh, the interest has been huge. Uh, they've had a lot of social media and, and the feedback has been 100%. Um, there's actually been quite a few people that once they found out they had the bikes, they called ahead of time to make sure they reserved the bike so that they're actually there waiting for them. So uh, it's been nothing but, but positive feedback. Uh, very, very happy to introduce it. So Jason, a bit of a strange question, because uh, I know there's three engine sizes, uh, electric engines in terms of wattages uh, and whatnot. Uh, but the one thing that popped in my head was, are they street legal? Can, can I ride this to my golf course and then kind of get right to the first tee, so to speak? Right. And, uh, yeah, you, you can, um, the government has complicated things in a, in a manner where, you know, in the January 1st, they said electric golf, uh, electric scooters are, are legal for the road. Uh, you have to govern them to 32 kilometers an hour, which the, the scooters are, and they have to be a certain weight, which we fall underneath that category. So they don't need insurance and, and you can ride them to wherever you want to ride them. And they're quite popular in Toronto. 
they released another uh, statement saying that you know they uh, they couldn't have a seat and you couldn't carry anything with you. So they keep changing the rules. And uh, as far as I know, you can ride them on the street. Uh, they only require if you're under 19 to wear a helmet and to have a strobe light. Um, but you have to stand up, which you can on these scooters. They they're saying you cannot sit. You have to stand up. Um, so I'm, I talked to somebody who's a member of parliament. They said they're going to change it back to something that's reasonable. To answer the question on those long one, it will be made uh, available to be on the street. They were in January 1st, and they've, they've changed it somewhat to complicate things, but people are still using them. Uh, they are green, and this is what the government is, is all about, is making things green, more efficient, more healthy for the environment. And um, they're going to try to assist us in any way, shape, or form. So. Uh, it's not stopping people from downtown Toronto buying them. Uh, we're selling them all over the place where people are using them as grocery getters and, and quite frankly, getting to work. Because another thing is you don't want to be on public transit. You, you've got uh, several people that are shoulder to shoulder or trying to social distance on a bus, and they only have uh, four or five kilometers to go, and they're using these bikes to get to work. So it'll be a big thing. Well, you know, for me, it's interesting because, uh, Todd, you know, when we're talking about congestion, when we talk about, uh, you know, trying to stay green, certain cities in Toronto, like uh, certain cities, excuse me, in Canada, like Toronto, you certainly uh, wouldn't want to get in the way of uh, keeping green uh, products off the road. No shock, though, that the government may uh, actually uh, complicate things. That doesn't surprise me <laughs> at all. Uh, Todd, uh, from a, a, a purchase standpoint, uh, what kind of programs you offer? Uh, is there a lease program? Is it buy outright? Can you give us a ballpark of, of what a consumer is looking at here from uh, if they're interested in, in, in coming in? I know the showrooms in Ajax, but you know, Golf Talk Canada, they're seeing people seeing this all across the country. So um, how is how easy is it to buy one of these? Well, the great thing about it is, is because we're, we're, we're local in the GTA, but we're also very adaptable to what we're able to do. So, so packages we have, we can customize them. We can make them personal. We can do group orders for the golf course. Um, really, we, we can accommodate any need for the individual. And getting back to what you were saying before, on a personal note, I'm, you know, I'm using mine to do banking, to do grocery shopping, uh, to go to the golf course. So I've been using it, and, and it's a lot better than just hopping in a car and taking it. You know, the, the range on these things are incredible. And, uh, and they're so adaptable and practical. Yeah, before I let you guys go, uh, curious, and of course, if you're interested, you go to grasshopperscooters.com, grasshopperscooters.com, check it out. I, I want to get on one and, and kind of feel it for myself at some point here as well, guys, because it, it, it's very cool. And I love products that there's nothing else like it, because that's hard to find sometimes in the world of golf, especially these days. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, but from uh, you said their range is great. Um, you know, if I charge my engine, charge my vehicle, play eighteen holes. Uh, how often are we charging the, our, our scooters? Well, there's there's several different size batteries, and and this depends on the lay of the land. If, um, uh, for example, at Quinty Golf, uh, Quinty Golf has a, a relatively flat golf course. So they get away with just this a regular battery pack, which is a 12 amp, 60, 60 volt. And um, if you want to upsize it, you go to a 20 amp. So the 20 amp will get you almost double the, the length of, uh, of kilometers. So you're usually good for on the street without any kills or increments. 
and your weight that you're putting on the bike, you're good for 30 to 40 kilometers to a charge, depending on the weight of the person. Golf courses are seven kilometers long, eight kilometers long, that sort of thing. So you could get two holes in or two, two rounds in with, uh, with one charge, uh, depending on the weight of the person, height of the grass, uh, stuff like that. I mean, a lot of the courses have got bike paths, so you're not riding in rough terrain. You're, you're getting, you're doing your shot, you're getting back over to the bike path, continuing on. This could, it could, it could take you the longevity of the battery to the next level. But if you're always on the green, you're always on the grass, you may be able to just get 18 holes in on one charge and then have to top it up again. And to charge it takes four hours, or uh, you can purchase a second battery. The batteries aren't going to break the bank. Uh, a regular battery is $200 for a battery. So you can piggyback a battery. You want to play a second round. It takes four hours to charge. You plug it in, you're good to go. It's, uh, it's no issue. Thanks very much, boys. Uh, sounds exciting. Looking forward to seeing it. It's green. It's fun. It's COVID-friendly. Grasshopperscooters.com. Check them out online. And uh, looking for a new way of booting around the golf course. And if you're living in one of those uh, main cities in the country and you're dealing with the traffic and the nightmares of Toronto, uh, you may be interested in this product for uh, reasons other than just golf. Thanks a lot, gents. On the other side, Golf Talk Canada continues. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Yeah, we got to get up to the Muskoka Bay Club, boys. We have not been up there. In, I don't think the three of us got up there last season. We need to make the venture. They opened up last Friday, and they I, I tell you, I don't know how they do it, because the further you get north, the challenges uh, become a little bit more difficult in, in you know maintaining your property, so to speak, as the winters are a little harsher and the springs are a little harder, etc., but uh, the minute they open up Muskoka Bay, it's uh, it's tickety-boo July 15th, like from the time they go. The greens are perfect. The place is awesome. The three of us need to get up there and play golf. Now, speaking of the three of us welcoming in, master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. Adam, I know you got a big announcement, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But before we do, uh, we got to pick your brain. Bob and I need to pick your brain here because uh, we're getting some feedback here on Twitter. Uh People are are not happy with some of the names and and suggestions that uh, that are being thrown around uh, on our greatest underachiever poll right now. Sergio Garcia leading the way at thirty eight percent, but it's all over the map. Ricky Fowler thirty six percent, John Daly nineteen percent, other seven percent. We're getting different names. We're, we're we're getting suggestions that it's an unfair question to begin with, that anybody that wins on professional tours like these guys shouldn't be called underachievers. I get that. But in context, 
you, you know what Tony Jacklin was saying. How do you feel? If you had to go with one name, who would you go with? Or who would you put on this list that maybe isn't there right now? Yeah, I've been bouncing back and forth between Colin Montgomery and Lee Westwood. Uh, obviously, Colin Montgomery had a great career in Europe, got up to second in the world, 31 career European Tour wins. And then the five, the five runner-up finishes in major championships. We remember uh, some of those moments for Monty. And then you look at the Ryder Cup, 6-0-2 all-time in Ryder Cup singles, one of the best Ryder Cuppers of all time. Then Lee Westwood, whose career has been up and down and up and down, and looked like his career was going back on the up. He, had, he was in the mix last year at the Open Championship at Royal Portrush, and then he won earlier this year on the European Tour. It would have been a big year for Lee Westwood. It still could be a big year for Lee Westwood, but for me, those are the two guys who are the uh, underachieving when uh, it comes to mind the most. All right. Speaking of uh, overachievers, uh, let's let's talk about your golf game. Just kidding. <laughs> let's. I want to know. Uh, <laughs> I want to know if you hit any bombs this week. How was the Scully time on the golf course? Oh well, that was a great segue. Uh, you know what? I did. I, I did hit some bombs. I uh, just I hit one on the second hole at Bayview. I had a pitching wedge into the par five second. Uh, it was a good par from there which was good, uh, but no, it went about 345 yards off the tee, which was nice. Speaking of bombs, oh I uh, uh, recently in the mail, I believe it was uh, Thursday, my Sim Max 3-wood arrived, which I'm very excited to use on the golf course in about two hours and ten minutes, although the clouds don't look all that promising, but the forecast is okay. I must give a special shout-out. I witnessed a hole-in-one this week. I was playing. I saw with, that. Uh, now, who was that, Adam, that so you were his playing with? Yeah, so his name is Matt Pujitsky. He plays on the UFT golf team. And we had actually teed off Wednesday evening at 5.30 because tee times are hard to come by at Bayview. That was the earliest we could get. And the, the hole-in-one happened on the 12th hole. It was about 8 o'clock at that time. We didn't actually see the ball go in the hole because it was right into the sun. We walked up to the green. There was nothing on the green. We knew he was, his shot was pretty close. He walked up, bang, hole-in-one, air high fives, of course. Uh, but we only had about an hour to play with in six holes, so it was three of us playing, and Matt was playing, he was actually playing a decent round at the time as well, uh, to try to post a score. So I was essentially running between shots, trying to make sure we got this in. We played the next four holes in about 40 minutes, which, which I thought was pretty good. But it was, it was awesome to see a hole-in-one. I've seen, I think, seven now, which is, uh, oh, which is something. Wow. So if, if you guys are looking for a hole-in-one, you know my number. Yeah. Call me up. Yeah. I got to tell you, I've never heard that seven for it. Now, listen, I have, a, I have a, a thing that follows me that I tend to be around people in the group when you travel. If you want a hole-in-one on the road, I'm your guy. Mm. I've seen about four of them. On golf trips with guys. Right. The most recent was uh, 2016, I think the seventh hole at Dunebeg in Ireland, um, playing in a group, hole in one. But that's the fourth time I have been in a group on the road. Dr. Jay Petroff, the most famous, my uh, personal physician, uh, started the bear trap. This is about uh, eight years ago. We're in Palm Beach, uh, PGA National. He gets to the bear trap, 
It's like 170 yards into the wind. He one hops a five wood into the cup to start the bear trap. So, so I've done this four times on the road, but I'm not a good home guy. If you want to get a, a hole in one in the home game, I'm not your guy. And it sounds to me, Scully, like you've got the market covered. You've got it cornered if you want to do it seven yeah. hole ones. Okay. Our, our Twitter guys, our Twitter uh, poll ended. It's officially over. Sergio, your winner at 38%, yeah. but it was very close. But to Adam, to your point, the biggest question mark names that got thrown at us, the three of us, Westwood, question mark, Monte, Monte, mm-hmm. question mark. Uh, so there you go. Hey, interesting, guys, follow-up to this. Mm-hmm. Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I'm racking my brain and I can't come out with it. <laughs> but I'm going to put Bob on the spot here because I am grinding. Since the inception of the official world golf rankings uh are lee westwood and luke donald the only two players to get to number one in the world and not win a major championship at some point in their career and the reason i'm asking Mm. you that is because lee westwood world number one not on this list and him and donald went back to back hot potato with number one in the official world golf ranking like they they were playing hot potato with the world number one for about a year and off the top of my head, if I think about world number one and, and the history of world number one, I can't think of any other player that ever got to world number one that didn't eventually win a major championship other than those two. Am I off there, Bob, or are those the only two? I, I, can't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who would have been in there. Um, like we got Curtis Strange. Yeah. Nick Faldo, Greg Norman, Tom Lehman, Tiger Woods, Ernie Els, Dave Duvall, VJ Singh. I mean, all major champions. I think you're right. I think I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm, I cannot think of any other person who has not won a major and also, but has been to number one. I think that's absolutely correct. I, I think you're correct as well, Mark. I, and I was thinking, I know there were some mathematical possibilities for John Rahm to get to number one earlier when we were playing golf. And obviously, we're not where he hasn't won a major. So, I, and I he will probably, reboot as number two, Adam. When we right. restart, he's in the field and he'll start yeah. as number two. Yeah. So if if he has a couple of good finishes before the major season, he he could be one for sure. So maybe we add a third to the list. But that kind of just popped in my head as we were talking about this. Because you know, guys, that's what I do. My head is just full of voices that tell me, like, weird (laughs) things. (laughs) Hey, do you know what, Mark? Yeah, what, Mark? What are you thinking? Okay, Scully, before we get to our big announcement, because it is a big announcement, very cool thing for the summer on Golf Talk Canada. But before we get there... uh, you know, Bob and I, we talked a lot about the match this week on our podcast. We talked a lot about it, uh, you know, uh, throughout the week, really. D- d- where were you on the match? Because like, I know Bob and I both agreed from an entertainment standpoint, we loved what we saw in very difficult conditions with a very small uh, footprint in production. I thought they had a lot of home runs in in the match, too. I remember tweeting out, I believe it was after the second or third hole, this is already 10 times better than the first match. One thing I was really skeptical about was the carts. It would just look weird with with guys riding in carts up the fairways, but the way they implemented the NASCAR cameras inside the carts, the guys had the earpieces in, and when they were working, obviously, with the weather, 
uh, some of the mic stopped working at different points. I thought this was a major home run. This this creates many possibilities for future matches, whether it's going to be Tiger and Phil again, or you have other guys, uh, Kepka, Justin Thomas, maybe Rory, that sort of thing. Obviously, as well, Phil Mickelson was is the perfect guy to have in this. Um, you know, with the the chipping lesson he gave. Uh, or told Justin Thomas how he's going to hit the chip shot on the next hole when he didn't bring his putter to the green when he was chipping because he just thought he was going to hit it so <laughs> close. Obviously, the the video he posted before the round talking about the, his mathematical formula with the hellacious seeds and the bombs. Uh, there were a lot of great things to come out of it. And, and as well, gentlemen, Phil is the one guy who overuses the term partner when, when playing a match. He called Tom Brady partner. There was no Tom. There was no any other nickname. It was just partner. And so he's that guy, if, if you catch my, my drift. <laughs> that guy. I love it. All right, Adam, big announcement. Um, we were teasing it off the top, and this happened very quickly, actually. This has all happened in the last 24 hours, and want to give a thank, a shout-out to our good friend Jeff McDonald, our program director at TSN 1050 here in Toronto, because he loves golf, and he's a big supporter of all of ours because he is such a golf fan. Uh, a huge Tiger Woods fan and uh, really is passionate about the game and wants to get out with the three of us uh, in the next few weeks. So we'll have to circle back on that. And we need to circle back and get out with Nick Orbridge as well from uh, TaylorMade because uh, Nick uh, wants a rematch. And I said once uh, once Bob's schedule calms down a bit, we'll get uh, we'll let him and uh, Scully get a, a shot at uh, at Bob and I. But But Adam, big announcement, Golf Talk Canada, floor is yours. Well, if you love golf, we have more content coming for you. Tuesdays and Thursdays starting this Thursday, June 4th from 12 to 2. Golf Talk Canada, special edition on TSN 1050 for the entire month of June into July, right up until the return of the NHL. This is very exciting for the three of us. We have to dive into more golf. We'll give an in-depth preview of the upcoming tournament. We'll talk about what's gone on on a Thursday edition of, of what's gone on during the first round thus far. And we'll look ahead to, to, the, to the next tournament as well. So this is a huge announcement for us here at Golf Talk Canada, and we're all very excited. It's very cool. We we basically, for the month of June into July, uh, to the return of the NHL, uh, we have that coveted Leafs lunch time slot, noon to yep. 2, and we're going to go every other day, starting Thursday. So we'll be Thursdays from noon to 2 ET, so every Thursday, noon to 2, we'll go Saturday, 8 to 10 in the morning in our usual Golf Talk Canada national time slot, and then Tuesdays back to Leafs lunch. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. And then we got a bonus edition on Wednesday, June 10th. That is a preview of the Charles Schwab. What we'll do, Adam, is we'll tweet this out on social media, our schedule for June, July, because there's just so much. But basically, Golf Talk Canada, Bob, we're just going to keep talking golf. It's just, there's, I, I, it's good because every time I turn around, Bob is writing an article, doing an interview, covering something. So we can basically fill up all this time with just Bob Weeks interviews and, and put our heels up at this point. No, I need I need the help from you two guys. And I'm, I, but I'm what I am thinking. I'm thinking that what we should basically just do, maybe for the summer, is rebrand TSN 1050 to to GTC 1050. There you go. That's it right there. There's the sales pitch. I love it, Bob. That is fantastic. So it's good news if you're a golf fan uh, and you want live content. And we're going to do some different things on our weekday shows that we don't normally do 
on our uh, Saturday show. We might open the phone lines. We're going to talk to some local people within the golf community, profile some golf courses within the GTA and Southern Ontario on how they're dealing with COVID, things they're doing at their golf clubs. Uh, It's going to be fun. going to be exciting. It starts this Thursday uh, on June the 4th, noon. Uh, noon Eastern, TSN 1050, June 4th, then we'll go Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. It's going to be all over the place. We will tweet it out and go from there. Adam, play well, hit Thank some you. bombs, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, on our video podcast this week. Hopefully some bombs and some hellacious seeds coming in about two hours from me. Thanks, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. On the other side, Bob and I will put a bow on today's show. We'll get you caught up to date on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade, as well as our Adidas contest, Off the Hosel, debuting on TSN, Golf Talk Canada summer schedule. So much to get done. We'll put a bow on it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. You know, I'm thinking, Bob, maybe we open up our Thursday weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada this Thursday with you, myself, and Adam building a case for who we feel is the greatest underachiever in uh, in history from a professional level. And I think we will present our case, pick a guy, our guy, whoever that is, and... Uh, and uh, roundtable this on Thursday for our first uh, noon to 2 p.m. TSN 1050 Golf Talk Canada weekday edition of GTC Radio. What, what are your thoughts? You think we could pick a guy and, 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 and break it down? So this is going to be like a debate, right? We're going to have a point oh, counterpoint. Debate I think we because do that. I tend to agree with you most of the time. So there's a good <laughs> yeah, chance. <that's> the... <laughs> But there's a good chance we end up with the same. But I'm curious as to where you'll go. And who knows, maybe what will happen is we all show up Thursday with a guy in mind. We build the case and we hear somebody else's case and we go, hold on a sec. I want to change my vote. You're right. So we'll we'll poke around with this, I think. I think we should all make our case and then have the listeners vote. That's the best way to do it. Who gave the best best case? I like yeah. it. Good think, idea. Okay. Well, I'll have we'll to do pick, that we have to pick different Thursday. guys, though. That's all. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Deal. Deal. I like this. We'll kick that <laughs> off Thursday. Now, uh, Code Chaos, uh, we talked a little bit about the Code Chaos off the top of the show. Uh, you love the shoe. I love the shoe. This Wednesday, set your PVRs. 1.30 p.m. ET, 1.30 p.m. ET, TSN 5, you want to set your PVR. It is the Canadian debut, episode one, the pilot episode of Off the Hosel. Now, 
In celebration of Off the Hosel coming to Canada, Adidas Golf is giving away a limited edition Canadian flag Code Chaos golf shoe. It's a beautiful golf shoe. We tweeted it out earlier this week on Golf Talk Canada. On Thursday morning, we're going to fire out a trivia question uh, from Off the Hosel uh, and from Golf Talk Canada on Twitter. And we're going to ask you a question that relates to the episode that aired on Wednesday, episode one. All the correct answers will go into a draw. And on Saturday morning, we're going to uh, draw the winner of that Code Chaos golf shoe. So make sure you set your PVRs for Off the Hosel, 1.30 p.m. ET TSN 5 this Wednesday if you want a shot at that limited edition Code Chaos shoe. Earlier in the show, Bob, we gave away Sim Max Irons from TaylorMade. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues for everyone who follows us on social media at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram. That's all you need to do. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. Mike Fraser from Calgary, Alberta, won himself a brand new set of Sim Irons from TaylorMade. Next week, Spider Tour X Putter. We're giving away a Spider Tour X Putter. Uh, putter next Saturday right here, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. What putter are you using right now, Bob? What's your, uh, what's in the bag for you? I've got that copper, um, copper spider from last year and, and I love it. It's been, it's been really the, probably the putter that's, it's only been, uh, a, a full year, but it's the one putter that I really have never had any doubts with. I feel good with it. Even, even if I don't sink all the putts, I always feel like I'm hitting good putts. So I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, very happy with that. Do you have the uh, the white scoring line off the top, like Rory? Is it the model that Rory's using? I do. That's the one I have, and that's helped me lined up. And it's it, it uh, that's been a big factor, I think, in the alignment part of it. I'm 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 never good with alignment either with my irons, woods, or putter. So anything I can do to help really is a benefit. And that's uh, that's the one that Rory has. I know Dustin Johnson was using it for a while. So, um, listen, if Rory's using it, you know what the comeback he's had with his putter, so it must be working some way, some shape. Now, how many FedEx Cups does it help you win? Uh, I'm, still, I'm still tied with Dustin Johnson with, with zero, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay. but I still have hope. Now, I still have hope. <laughs> now, I'm going to throw something at you here, Bob, that we can talk a little bit more about Thursday on our radio debut on Golf Talk Canada Radio Thursday debut on TSN 1050, 12 to 2 p.m. in the Leafs lunchtime slot, Golf Talk Canada. I'm going to throw this name. This name popped into my head, and I was almost scared to say it. But, and because he's still, you know, early 30s, I believe he is 33. He might be 34 years of age. I'll have to double-check that. But when we talk about underachievers and we talk about, you know, Sergio, we toss that name around, all these guys. Right now, Bob, Dustin Johnson, he only has one major to his name. Okay? So this is a guy who has been number one in the world. This is a guy who has won 20 events on the PGA Tour, has made a Hall of Fame career almost just in World Golf Championships, has been a part of Team America on Ryder Cup and President's Cup uh, for the last decade. Uh, certainly one of the greatest players on the planet. But if he ends his career with one lone U.S. Open, do you not have to put Dustin Johnson in the conversation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think 
I think for all the gifts he's got with his game, you would think that there would be a little bit more. And, and the opportunities he's squandered uh, to win major championships, I think, as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good case. Your case can be made, definitely, without a doubt. What do you have coming up this week, Bob, other than our video podcast every Wednesday, other than our debut on Thursday at noon, and then we're back in this seat next Saturday. I know you've been super busy, and I know you've been doing some other stuff uh, uh, outside of golf as well. What's coming up for you this week? Yeah, this uh, the last couple of weeks we've done a little bit of curling. We did a little story on the Boston Marathon being canceled and interviewed one of Canada's top marathoners. But this week it's going to be kind of getting the focus ready for the return of golf and what to expect. And some of the situations that people, players, find themselves in with a, uh, a fairly limited season. As, as you mentioned earlier about the how difficult it is to get into this tournament because there are so many players who want in. Uh, a guy like Roger Sloan, by the way, is 50 spots down the the uh the list to get in on the wait list so um it, there's a lot of things going on over the next week before we get to to restart the pga tour we'll be looking at that yeah the new normal continues and it looks bizarre from every angle including the pga <laughs> tour so bob thanks so much as always i'll talk to you for our video podcast this wednesday and our debut uh for our weekday edition of golf talk canada radio this thursday uh, if you're playing golf Keep them in the fairway. Have a great time. If you're on your way to the golf course as we speak, don't worry about those clouds. They are temporary. I just checked the radar, and you're going to have a nice, pleasant afternoon on the golf course. So, Adam, I know you're headed to Bayview. Uh, you can hit bombs and do it in the sunshine. So enjoy yourself. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Our pleasure always bringing GTC to you. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.